0: Celtics
1: Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, who may or may not be wrapping up Summer League as John and I record this because we're catching it. Uh, before the Sunday night game. A couple of uh, waiver wire updates. They uh, look to release, or they have released, Kadeem Allen, last year's second-round pick. Jabari Bird getting a lot of attention. Seems to be uh, able to stick around for this coming year. And, John, they're going to rest a couple of players for the Sunday night game. So you have to think, with Bird and Ojale on the bench, the Celtics have learned pretty much everything that they anticipated learning or needed to learn from the summer league this year, including the fact that Robert Williams isn't going to give us any court time.
0: I know that's the biggest disappointment, right? I mean, I think that's, we've all been looking forward to, you know, from the moment that he got picked is really seeing that athleticism. And what can he do when he has a little bit more of a focal point of what the Celtics are trying to do out there. But Obviously things got in the way. You bump a knee five minutes into your, your summer league and that's it. Basically shut it down. It's all over. So that's, you know. There's a chance if they win that they can keep going, but seems to me pretty likely he's done. Um, and Ojale, you know, he's done fine. He's been good. I think there's been some bright spots for him, bright spots for Abicelli. Um I think Jabari Bird has probably been the unquestioned MVP of the team thus far, and hopefully they're going to find a way to get him on the
1: roster full-time here for this upcoming season. Well, he's got the length, and... He's got decent size. He's definitely had a high motor as we saw down the stretch last year as the injuries mounted and they needed to get time from other players to give some of the, and I'll call them vets, but it included some of the young players like Brown and Tatum who needed some rest, right? So, um, mm-hmm. but he did perform well. There were some backdoor cuts that I haven't seen. Since the days of Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo, which was nice to see from him. I'm a big fan of the backdoor moves there, but um but you know, the Robert Williams, six minutes of play, I'm pretty sure at this point we've seen everything we need to see. he's going to the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> not quite. Not quite, right? <laughs> Maybe a little early. That's how it goes in Summer league. league. That's how I mean, it goes in Summer League, though. But right? dude, even if we'd seen him three games, if he dominated three games, people would be like, oh, man, what a special prize. He's going to the Hall of Fame. It's the way no, it but is this time of year. It,
0: but the thing with him, though, is which is funny, is that I think we've gone so far in the other direction. I mean, I saw this thing that that uh, I think it was Bleacher Report put out on, on Twitter the other day, and it said, you know, missed his flight, missed his other flight, you know, Lost his wallet, like listed twice, it's like, dude, like what are we really talking about here? Why do we even carry lost his wallet? You know I don't understand that. I mean, you missing the conference call, okay, you know, whatever that could you could understand that, but and this is the flight thing, it's a mispractice, that's a big deal. I'm not minimizing that, but it's like, come on, what are we really talking about? if the kid played and and he did well, we wouldn't be talking about this at all, so it's early the
1: health is let's the see issue. let's. Yeah, health is by far the bigger issue. Yep. You know, I mean, it's a weird story, the whole losing the wallet, leaving it at his buddy's place, his buddy goes back to Texas, like the whole thing is just weird. It doesn't really matter. They said he had a good work ethic when he showed up he definitely has been getting in jump shots even though they haven't put him in a game. The Celtics have been traditionally conservative with Summer League, which is why I'm not surprised that they're arresting uh, two of their main Summer League players uh, in Sunday night's game. The thing is, it's it's win or go home, so even though they haven't lost a game, if this is the one they lose because two of their pri- premier Summer League players are out, they're done. And again, I think that says everything about it. The other um I would say article. And we we can get into a little bit uh, of the Keith Smith piece that was posted on Celtics blog, which pretty much gives you a full rundown. There's going to be a part two, but part one pretty much tells you everything you needed to know about Summer League without watching the games. But Yabaselli and talking about how the trip over to China that first year really did no favors for his career. The the defensive sort of bad habits, positioning on rebounding, etc., Sounds like there was a setback for sending him over there, and that's that's unfortunate because that pick was, I believe, at at sixteen. Is that right, John? Yeah. And the whole point with him and Zizic was, hey, let's let him have, play overseas, get some more experience, then we'll bring him into the fold, and it could be you know a real payday once this roster gets thin. We did have Yabaselli available on the roster. Obviously, Zizic traded in the off season in the deal for Kyrie Irving, but. Yavaselli did not impress last year, and it's pretty clear now why and what the Celtics' concerns were uh, uh, concerns were during the regular season that that, that full year uh, abroad did not help him at all. Very unfortunate.
0: Well, and it's also funny because remember, there was at some point some conversation that they were going to try to stash him a second year in a row. Um, obviously, that would have been a real big mistake, uh, certainly if they hadn't moved him out of China. Uh, but... You know, I, I, think that now they have an opportunity. They've had him in the system for one full year. They're going to have to make some decisions. And there's been some talk about, well, you know, maybe they will decline his, his, his option next year. Three million dollars, if he's able to, to get this going this coming year, start to figure it out. And I think we've seen in summer league some signs of that. Particularly he's making a lot of those backdoor cuts, um, the passing of the backdoor cuts. So, I think I think we need to maybe just slow down on the Yabaselli thing. Defensively, yeah, he's got issues, but you know, look, let's let's see what he can do there. I, I think it's better uh, he's getting better. He didn't get to play summer league last season, and so I think this is going to be another another year for him to learn and and improve. And uh, you know, he's he's not going to be asked to do a lot. He's just going to have to practice and probably come up to Maine a lot and and show a lot of growth on the defensive end. There, I, I, I'm not worried as much about Yabaselli. I, I think he's. Um, at this point, it's a low cost, and if it doesn't work out a year from now, well, then you know, then you decline the fourth year option, and and you kind of you know move
1: on from it. Well, nobody hits on every draft pick, even in the first round, but okay. to your point, they're going to have to work to undo some of this. And so, if we're if if anybody's walking away unimpressed. I think you kind of treat last year as his rookie year again and to your point let's see what happens this coming season let's also see what happens to the roster a lot of times these guys are around to just round out the roster when things get thin and we really don't know what's going to happen we've got Marcus Smart, who's still kind of out there. Terry Rozier is going to be in the same boat next offseason. So some things could change. I realize they don't play the same position, but um, the Celtics are typically thin on that front line as well. So if they get thinner in the backcourt, you might see them make moves to bolster the backcourt and hold on to a guy like Yavaselli just so that they don't stay thin in the front court. Now, speaking of that, you look at the Kadeem Allen release. They're okay. clearly making room for another player. And I, I'm not sure this is included in Keith's article. On Celtics blog, but I believe it was he who tweeted out the fact that there were a lot of NBA teams that were very interested in signing Hassan Martin to that two way contracts that we now have between the parent club and the G League. Now that we've seen the release of Kadeem Allen, you have to think they're making way to uh, to bring Hassan Martin in in that two way two way deal.
0: Yeah, I think so. It seems like that's you know things things are kind of opening up for that. Um, you know, Perry Henry, the you know, the point guard who's been starting a lot for this summer league team, uh sounds like he's going to head um to Europe. Uh he's got a good good offer there. I was kind of hoping that they might look for him for that. Uh that spot the Kadim Allen spot, but hey, you know, I think in terms of the roster and the balance of the roster, it probably makes more sense to have another big there um uh, to fill that spot uh you know and of course we still don't know what's going to happen with Jabari Bird you know that he hasn't received an offer he's a restricted free agent and i think they want to keep him it sounds you know, from from Keith Smith's article i mean he, he's just kind of on an upward climb uh, you know and so if that's the case you got to feel like that they're they want to not just you have him as a two-way player, but but really have him on the roster full time. If he wasn't a two-way player, they would have been able to use him during the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I think that they'd like to maybe make that move. Certainly, Nader would be uh, in, in a great deal of danger in that case. Uh, but that's also assuming market Smart returns. So, there's still you know a couple of moving pieces here when you're looking at the you know 13th, 14th, 15th, you know, and 17th play- pieces on the roster. But to me, you know, there's still the, some well, we space know
1: the, too. There, Depending there on what happens yep. with Marcus Smart, there's still some, some roster flexibility financially. And, uh, they, I guess they don't call it, do they still call it the mid-level exception? I don't know. There's so many exceptions now. I'm getting spun out, but oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah the there's mid-level. the mid-level.
0: There's the taxpayer mid-level. There's
1: <laughs> that's what it is. I, I wondered yeah. if it's the mid-level or if it's the taxpayer mid-level that's still available to the team, but I feel like they had what like eight million left in space to be able to make a move and then it kind of depended on how they wanted to spend that on market smart potentially something along those lines uh, yeah
0: no i think that's that's exactly right he takes the qualifying offer they could probably keep it all in under the tax um if he doesn't then you know we'll see danny has said he they expect to be a taxpaying team this season so I don't know if that means that they expect that they'll sign an extension with Marcus that would then put them well over that, that $8 million, $7 million, um, threshold or that plus whatever they're going to use to sign, you know, Hassan Martin or, or whomever. Uh, but it seems like the expectation is they're going to be at that, at the taxpayer level. Um, which is unfortunate because it's not by a lot. And, you know, given the fact that this is a team that, Will likely be paying some big luxury tax repeater tax costs um, in the not too distant future. It would sure would be nice to
1: have one more year that could push that that number out. All right, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore tweet live, as well as your host, follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media network, at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans, download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And the YouTube channel, lots of great videos, including ours here at Celtic Stuff Live, snippet bits of our video i mean of our audio for the entire podcast are up on the youtube channel you definitely want to be staying tuned because in the next couple of weeks John's son is going to make his first appearance with some, uh, signature series sneakers. I guess that's the best way I'm gonna promote that highly. Uh, sneakers from Marcus Smart. So there's other high definition full length locker room interviews, the garden report when the season gets underway. But just make sure you're keeping an eye on that YouTube channel. You'll definitely be seeing video, uh, of the sneakers that, that John, you secured. From our guy, Marcus Smart, who hasn't secured a contract. You just (laughs) talked about it. I'm going to go back to the Keith Smith article. I mean, just, again, this is this is the key article this week. And I know we don't reference it very much. But I love this one. He said, everyone you talk to with the team in Vegas wants Marcus Smart back. No one overlooks how important he is to the Celtics in winning. And one team staffer said, we're all trying to beat the Warriors. To do that, we need Marcus Smart. And I think at the end of the day... What we're looking at is the cap room dried up quickly. The Celtics probably anticipated that in the front office, and they said, listen, it's no, no, nothing to Marcus Smart, not trying to take anything away from him, but we can go through this again next year, and we can decide whether we're the team that's going to pay him the most or not. Now, I know he won't be restricted, so they don't have the match. They'll have to just do negotiations, but at the end of the day, uh what they can do is bring him back what's looking like possibly on the qualifying offer and like we just said leave all that room open to maybe add another piece uh of, of uh to the puzzle. I mean, I know there's not a player of DeMarcus Cousins ilk out there, but you know, this would have worked out very much in their favor if they had been able to sign DeMarcus to the same figure that the Golden State Warriors did, they'd still have been able to retain Marcus if he didn't get wind up getting a big contract. To match. And, and even if then, I think there was still room. They just would have been paying a higher tax penalty.
0: Yeah, no, I, you're right. Yeah, there would have been. It would have been possible for them to pull that off. Uh, you know, Marcus, as you said, this is a this is a situation. I think a lot of us saw coming, and and I hate to see it because I think Marcus deserves not this low
1: though. You and I talked about this over a year ago, 18 months ago and said, yeah. and I remember saying, he's not going to get more than 12 million. And and I got a lot of flack on that on Twitter, and I was like, no, I'm just telling you. I don't think he's worth more than 12 to 14 and the Kelly O'Linick deal came up as a counterpoint, and et cetera, and I said, yeah, but this this whole tax cap and everything, this is like a moment in time. It's got to come back down to earth, you know? Just yeah. like the housing market did in a crash in 2008. Like that's that's what happens when these things blow up like that. And so um, I didn't think more than 12 to 14, but I certainly didn't think we'd end up getting him for the qualifying offer. Did you? Um, well, we knew money was going
0: to be tight. And I think we saw this really in particular looking at the deadline when you saw Lou Williams re for $8 million. You know, the guy's an all-star, uh, you know, and, you know, really – it's not like he has, He's playing for the Warriors and taking a cut rate like like DeMarcus Cousins is, and he took an eight million dollar contract over three years. I mean, three for twenty four. When you saw that happen, that really made me open my eyes, saying, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" You know, not just are we talking about ten, twelve million? You know, maybe you know something in the neighborhood of a Andre Roberson deal for Marcus Smart. But then you're starting to think, "Whoa, maybe we maybe the qualifying offer is." Is, uh, you know, or specifically at the mid level is not really out that far, that far out of uh, the realm of possibility. When we saw that signing and you saw what happened to the trade market, really everything was quiet. Nobody wanted to take on any money. I think it really kind of opened everyone's eyes to say, okay, well, this is, this is not good for Marcus. And I see that's why I think that's when the agent should have said, well, look, okay, let's recalibrate here. You know, and looking at what's happening, even a guy like Jabari, yeah, not Jabari Bird, Jabari Parker. OK, two years, forty million, second year is team option. He's <laughs> only so got a one year, $20 million contract. This is the guy who's the number two Which pick in the draft. is still track.
1: a pretty good deal considering his circumstances. But to your point, it's short money. And any team that's got a little bit to play with might as well gamble on said scenario. And the Chicago Bulls in the state that they're in, they're a perfect match for that scenario. They are.
0: No, that's true. And I think I think the Celtics aren't that bad, really would have been a reasonable option for Boogie as well. But, you know, look, you start with the number one team, you go down if you're Boogie. I'm not sure what what sort of impact he's going to have. But in terms of the market there, I mean, you know, I think there's a Boogie market and then there's a market for everybody else. And unfortunately for Marcus Smart, he's getting caught in, in the fact that there's no money left, you know, and. And I think that he has put himself in a in a really bad situation. I think his agents put him in a worse situation, and now he's just you know this thing is going to go through August, I bet before he signs the offer. I mean, I think why not? They're gonna, the it, same
1: way the Celtics were willing to ride out the negotiating period, why wouldn't Marcus? You know, at the end of the day, he's got to play next year to be able to have a contract the following year. He can't just sit it out. But if it's got to be the qualifying offer, then it's got to be the qualifying offer. But literally, until he is one hundred percent certain that he can't get more than the qualifying offer from anybody else, he might as well stay in the negotiating game. Um, at the very least, the 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 agent says, "Look, I know you guys have interest in Marcus. Maybe you've got. And there aren't a lot of teams with any money left. I am trying to think of who does have the most substantial. Kings. Yes, the, the Kings. Kings are it." So that yeah. conversation but, doesn't seem to die. But maybe the Kings say, all right, you know, have you guys figured out what the Celtics are willing to match? Or maybe they just take a flyer. Maybe they round out their roster and they say, all right, Marcus, we got $12 million left for you. We'll pay you $12. we are likely to see the Celtics match that. But you know what? In case they don't want to, or maybe the Celtics get their hand gets forced, you know, on making a move and then they're, you know, maybe they make a trade for goodness sakes. Who knows what the Celtics will do? Then all of a sudden the circumstances change. So the only thing, nothing's going to hurt him. He can't get lower than the qualifying offer. So he might as well wait as long as he possibly can to see if circumstances dictate a higher contract under some scenario that, that hasn't played out yet.
0: I, yeah. I, no, that's true. That's very true. I mean, it, and with the Kings, speaking about scenarios that you don't know they'll ever, that have haven't played out yet. I mean, can you figure out what the Kings are going to do? <laughs> that's just that's that's just bananas right there. I mean, what the hell? You, what's Vladdy going to do? You know, I mean, that's flip a coin, man. <laughs> you know, do you think
1: Marcus really wants to play there? I mean, I know he wants his no. payday, but do you really think he no. wants to play there? How frustrating no. would it be for him? Even if even if he got Jabari Parker money out of some crazy Evan Turner. Uh, you know, swindling and he got 20 million and then he got it for let's say over four years. You know, do you think he wants to be in Sacramento for that amount of time? And he's going to be virtually untradeable on that contract number as well. So it's not like he'll be able to force his way out even if he winds up, you know, finding his way to the all star game.
0: Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it it, 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 it just seems out of character for him to have wanted that. I think he's got, certainly they're doing everything they can to get him the most money possible. But I think the reality has come, hit home a while ago that he was going to end up back here because of the fact that the Celtics were going to match. They're going to match at any reasonable offer and anything unreasonable, you know, it's, I suppose it's within the realm of possibility, but it doesn't seem like Marcus Smart's the type of player the teams would want to do that with, you yeah. know, he doesn't have that, that ceiling that people think, boy, if he just does this, then he's a 20 point scorer. And, you know, I think that's just not the type of player that he, you know, really, uh, projects to be. And so no one is saying, well, I'll throw 20 million at him to, to spring him free from Boston. You can have that conversation with Jabari Parker. You can't with Marcus Smart.
1: All right, if you wear contacts, then you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription year after year just to be able to buy more contacts. Simple Contacts is changing all of that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contacts super Well, simple. And here's how it works. Using your phone or computer, you can take the Simple Contacts vision test in just five minutes, literally anywhere, and then a real doctor will review the test in 24 hours and write you a new prescription. Boom! A fresh supply of brand new lenses on the way to your door. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. This has been really helpful for me. I wear daily so I constantly have to renew my prescription every couple of months and I'm able to do that online just with Simple Contacts and I travel a lot so it's not like I can go back every year and go see my doctor. Oftentimes I've wound up canceling my appointment then I'm out of contacts. It's really frustrating. This is the solution for me. I'm sure it'll work for you. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses. Their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is only $20 and the Contacts Lens prices are super competitive shipping is free and best of all our listeners get $30 off of their first simple contacts order so to save $30 on your lenses just go to simple contacts.com slash CSL 18 or enter the code CSL 18 at checkout I do have to mention though that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam you still need those occasionally but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts. Get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash CSL18 or just enter the code CSL18 at the checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. And John, I know we want to talk a little bit more of the... I want to say rumors and buzz coming out of Summer League, including the hype around Kyrie. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But I did want to throw a couple of other nuggets here from Keith Smith's article on Celtics blog. The big one, they expect Gordon Hayward to be 100% for training camp, but they're obviously going to take it slow with all of the vets. Another thing they talked about was making sure that plenty of rest during the season but there is a concern about playing time for other players or the players that are used to getting their shots etc so keep that in mind for the Kyrie conversation they also said thankfully Al Horford and Aaron Baines aren't really concerned so much about shooting or getting their shots so to speak I am a little bit with Al definitely want to see him being a threat from beyond the arc and spreading out that defense but um Lots of other things. They said Semi Ojale in over his head um, and some stuff, some good nuggets on Jabari Bird and obviously the one on Yabaselli that we talked about. But let's really just dive right in to the Kyrie Irving coming back next season couple of things I'll use to tip it off with Keith Smith's article basically saying ignore that noise about Kyrie not liking it in Boston and being jealous of the attention the kids get that this particular team and the chemistry they're closer than any team I can remember another one that they're hoping he'll come back Kyrie I mean but a year is a very long time in the NBA lots can change And really basically explaining, explaining why somebody wouldn't do an extension today, which is it costs them money. So on that noise, a lot of people not very comfortable with Kyrie or thinking he'll be able to, he'll come back, putting a lot of credence into the buzz that he'll go to the New York Knicks because of some weird offhanded rumor out of Cleveland from some time ago. And yet it still gets legs. Lots of buzz on this. And my thought is, at the end of the day, when this contract runs out, the Celtics can give him the most amount of money in an extra year. And for a guy that's struggled through knee injuries, if the Celtics want him, he's got to take that money. And I think that's going to be his decision. I'd say I'm 90% certain he comes back, provided the Celtics don't trade him and still want him, which I think they will. I don't see why they wouldn't. But I'm just saying I think it would have to change on the Celtics side for him not to stay.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I I think that you look at right now, as things stand right now, it's hard to see that there are other scenarios out there that would be better for Kyrie than what would be that's presently available. Um, you know, the, the 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 comment that you know Keith Smith came up with, you know, they said a year is a very long time in the NBA. I mean, I, I think a year ago we had some sense that LeBron might go to LA. Uh, but, you know, probably two months before that, it might have seemed completely crazy. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of these things that things move very fast. You know, the Houston Chris Paul thing was, you know, happened in an instant. And I think there's some tea leaves right now. People are reading with, with Kevin Durant and the potential that he may want to get out of Golden State and not being happy there and wanting to look for something else. We certainly know that Durant and Kyrie have been close. And, you know, and there's, a, there's a very real line you can draw there uh, between – what Kevin Durant wants to do and and why and Kyrie to come along with him. But having said all that, there's a lot of things that have to go just so for those situations to break in their, in that favor. Uh You know, you could look at where we were a year ago and think, well, Chris Paul and, and, and uh, LeBron, they'll get together and they'll go to LA together or, you know, you know, Paul George, there's a lot of things that could happen, but the most likely thing is for probably people to stay right where they are. And you look at where Kyrie's going to be. He's going to go to the finals. Uh, you know, I think we all hope that, but I think there's a very good chance of that. Um, you know, the, the kids around him are just going to get better and you know, there's going to be opportunity for Gordon Hayward to improve. Uh, He's going to be able to rest and be strongest when he's needed most in the playoffs. I mean, it's just, it's all lines up perfectly for him. There's no better scenario right now other than doing just that. If he wants to be a mercenary, go, go to New York, you know, have Kevin Durant come with him and try to make that work. That's a, that is an option on the table for him, but I'm not sure. Kyrie's a different guy. I think we all know that, but that just doesn't seem to be as much of a sure thing. As, you know, perhaps taking a, an NBA finalist or Eastern Conference finalist and, and continuing that with the natural development within of a guy's like Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. It just seems, that seems like more of a sure thing for Kyrie's career going forward.
1: Yeah. Not only does it seem like more of a sure thing, but it's the best bet for him to have the wins and the winning experience. It's, it's not, it, I, I get what you're saying too. But the contract money's there, et cetera. Here's the only thing I wonder about. And I don't think he said enough times that money isn't everything. But, but if he did go to New York, whatever that difference is from what the Celtics can pay over five years versus what New York can pay at a max deal over four years, maybe the shoes end up covering all of that money, right? Just the advertising, the sponsorship dollars. It's not the only consideration here. But the the downside is that gamble means... You might go play for a franchise and only be barely competitive. And that's the, and, and yes, I'm sure he'll still sell shoes, but man, he's selling shoes being in Boston. That guy is a, a shoe selling machine anyway. So I'm not sure the major market matters and I, maybe you know, I have no idea, but I can't imagine that. At the pace that he's on, I mean, he's just in the stratosphere with shoe sales. I can't imagine that he needs to go to New York to actually raise the income from that scenario. I think the best thing for him is to be on the stage playing against the Warriors. And if they actually, and this this is the guarantee... They beat the Warriors next year. He's not going anywhere because that brand and his beating the Warriors, the unstoppable, undefeatable, crazy, awesome team that, you know, we thought Houston might give them a run this year and it's unfortunate they didn't, but they're not going to be in any better position next year, in my opinion. So with that, you know, being said, now, now this is his best chance. If they were to punch, the bully in the mouth, to quote KG, if they were to punch the bully in the mouth, he's definitely not going anywhere. But if they even feels like there's a good shot at getting him the next year, then it would just be silly not to come back because playing the most games possible on the biggest stage just helps you continue to sell shoes.
0: Absolutely, and you know, remember when he signed his deal, he was in Cleveland. So you want to? I mean, yes, he was on the stage, but. If there's any cachet that's added, going to Boston certainly helps a great deal. Being the, you know, signature player in that regard helps an even greater amount. I mean, he's, he right now, he's on an eight million dollar a year deal with Nike. Um, the same amount that Giannis is making. I can tell you, (laughs) as the dad of, and a coach of a whole bunch of 11, 12 year old boys, uh, basketball players, the Kyrie is the shoe that they're wearing. They're not wearing LeBrons. They're not wearing, uh, you know, a couple of kids wearing LeBrons, but most kids are wearing, they're looking the Kyrie's because they look the best. They're easy to put on and they fit the styles these kids are wearing now. And so if I'm Nike, um, yeah, would I, would I feel like I'm, I'm going to sell some more shoes if I'm in, uh, New York? Uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I, it seems to me you're a megawatt star no matter what you do. Maybe in the New York market, you're, you have more influence, but, in the NBA and the global game that it is, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter where you are. You're Cleveland. You're in Oklahoma City. Uh, you know. You know Durant signed his deal with Nike when he was a Thunder. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what? Tell, what's the cachet of the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Boston Celtics? Right? Give me a break. So I, I'm more concerned with the the guys talking. I, I think the money. I think you're right. The money is negligible. I think it's. You know, hey, come play with me. Hey, you know, the, the stuff with, uh, you Jimmy know, Jimmy Butler. Hating. I, that, I worry more that about Jimmy. Now, there's, do you think there's I any legitimacy
1: to the Jimmy Butler thing?
0: I think there is, but I don't think one, the Celtics would want to get Jimmy Butler with given what they have now. And two, I don't think Jimmy Butler is enough to steal Kyrie Irvin to go somewhere else. Kevin Durant, that's a different story. That, that's the one that worries me. And it then should. I'm on your side of hating Kevin Durant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that all it'll take no, that's what just,
0: that'll take it I'll really, be you know what are doing
1: that's july even like, 4th
0: 19 I don't and we talking like, about that i'll I don't be ready even to like it.
1: fantasizing about this that <laughs> that would be the ultimate burn right we get al horford we're all excited tom brady's wearing really weird white pants gets on a plane goes and meets with durant as part of the celtics contingency they lose out the next year we trade for Kyrie. we sign gordon hayward we're building our super team and then kevin durant winds up Single handedly unraveling our plans. Uh, At that point, I'm hoping we're keeping Terry Rosier. That scary Terry gets super scary. Yeah, well, that's, and that's it. I mean,
0: what, that's the plan B, right? Is that you get Terry Rosier and you get, you know, hopefully at that point, parts are unrestricted and you sign both and, you know, you go from there. I mean, there is a plan B. It's not nearly as good. I don't think any, I don't see that happening. Like you said, I'm in the 90 10 camp. I think there's 90% chance that Kyrie's coming back. Will he look at it? Will he be intrigued? We all know he questions everything, so he's not going to follow the, the color by number, you know, color by number uh, approach. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do, but I think he's going to look at the situation he has with the coach, the players he's playing with, and he's going to value that over an unknown in New York, uh, or somewhere else, um, with you know, possibly Durant. I don't see any other scenario other than Durant, New York, that could possibly take Kyrie away. And even then, you've got you've got James Dolan, who's the owner there. You've got a coach that you know Fizdale. Eh, we'll see, we'll see. He didn't, you know, there wasn't enough there for him to to stick in Memphis, and they fired him. So Memphis is its own issue, but New York isn't exactly any great shakes either. So I'm I'm feeling very good about the solving scenarios in. in keeping Kyrie Irving here. And and I think we need a dominant team team. in the
1: East. We need a dominant team in the East, especially with LeBron going over to LA. That's, that's a nightmare for the East. If they were to water the talent down, in the East, you know, again, it might be somewhat interesting in the postseason, but it's definitely not going to be interesting in the finals, right? And that's that's the biggest concern here in my mind is that if if the Western Conference Finals continues to be considered the finals, that's a problem. That's a problem for basketball. Now, do you think the East is really as weak as it appears with the Celtics way up at top? I know we've talked about the Raptors, et cetera, uh, and if they, obviously if they pulled. You know, Kyrie out and then there was that team, that budding team in New York. That would be a great team and there would be two really good teams in the East that way plus whatever Milwaukee's doing, plus whatever, you know, the Raptors continue to do, all their, although their window gets shorter and shorter, and, and some other teams that are building. But you get my point. The strength at the top of the Western Conference is unprecedented. It seemed like it was balancing out a little bit during the KG era with LeBron in Miami, and it's really gone the other way entirely once again. And I think that's a big problem for basketball, and I think they need Kyrie in Boston for that reason.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think that moving Kyrie to New York with Durant is enough to create the super team that battles the Warriors. You know, I don't think that that's, I don't think, I I just don't see that scenario fully formed. Even if you say Jimmy Butler's there, you said Jimmy Butler, Durant, and, 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 you know, uh, Kyrie. I, I just don't. I, there's just, the Knicks are a dumpster fire. They've always been a dumpster fire. My whole time watching basketball, even when they're supposedly good, they were disgusting, an awful team. The time that, you know, when they made the finals and lost to the Spurs, I mean, that was an awful team. It was a complete joke because of the lockout. The time they lost in seven games to the Rockets, that Knicks team sucked. I hated them. You know, I mean, just, I'm so over the New York Knicks. And uh, so, yeah, there's no way. I, I, You need to keep Boston strong, and and there and you know Philly will come up. I think you know Milwaukee is going to be better with with Coach Bud. Yeah, definitely
1: shouldn't have left Philly out of that conversation because we don't even know. They might even end up with Kawhi, but it's looking less and less likely. But they still could. They've got a ton of young talent, and so certainly Mm -hmm. that that team is on the rise. Are they going to compete? With the Warriors in the next year or two, no, they're definitely not. They just need more experience. But will they be a competitor in the Eastern Conference and, you know, top four? I think pretty easily they're going to be top four for the next, uh, you know, well, several years.
0: Yeah. I No, I think so. I think you're right. And I think, you know, to your earlier point, you know, your earlier question of like, well, where does – what does this mean, East versus West? I think it's a lot closer than people want to say. I mean, yes, Warriors are number one. I think we all – Understand that. I think the Celtics are ahead of the Rockets. I think they will be. Uh, I think it's one to two, competitive three.
1: matchups last season. Certainly. Absolutely. And Chris Paul so- might have just handcuffed that franchise from being able to get better. I mean, what else are you going to do? You really didn't have a choice. But it might only give you a one to two year with a major, major anchor after that.
0: Yeah, and go go on and you know not sign Ariza and Imba Mute, and we're going to get the corpse of Carmelo Anthony. I don't think that's going to do it. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe there's there's a rejuvenation machine. Let's be honest. Even the even the
1: Chris Paul and the Harden thing was an experiment. It's one Mm -hmm. that worked out beautifully, but it was an experiment. Harden loves to have the ball in his hands, and so does Chris Paul. So the fact that that meshed, but then you're going to add Carmelo Anthony to your point. That's a recipe for a backfiring disaster.
0: It's not gonna work. I, 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 you know, I think, right, you're gonna see the Rockets, they're gonna be on the down slope here. Uh, Celtics obviously in the up. I think you look at a lot of those teams in the East, you know, I think the Raptors could be interesting, especially if they're the ones that make the, the, the deal for, uh, for Kawhi. Uh, you know, the Sixers. I mean, if you just look at the West, just look at the West for a second. Outside of the Rockets and the, and the Warriors, who's next? Are we talking about OKC. Yeah, I think we're going to
1: OKC. But now you know, now we're balancing out a little bit. But OKC is yeah. still better than the Raptors, right? And the Raptors were right at the top of the conference. I don't know.
0: I don't know if they are to be honest with you. I mean, the Raptors flamed out against against LeBron and we've just that's that's a psychological thing. Maybe that's the break they needed. Uh but I don't know they're deeper. They're a much deeper team than OKC. Um you know, I think the Pelicans are worse. I think the Spurs are going to be worse. The Jazz might be a little better. Uh, certainly Donovan Mitchell is going to be that much better in year two. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think the, you know, the Milwaukee is going to be better. The Pacers are going to be better. I think there's a lot more parity. I don't think it's the – I think the top four teams in the East, the top – you know, four or five teams in the West aren't as far off as everyone would think. I think you'd have equal numbers in a top 10, let's say, in the NBA. I think it's beyond that. It's when you go to, um, you know, that kind of middle of the conference, that like 6 through 12, is where the West is just better. You know, you're going to take the, the Pelicans. You're going to take the Spurs. You're going to take... um. You know, fill in the blank team, uh, over, you know, the kind of also RANS in the East. You know, there's just, uh, Cleveland, you know, put Cleveland on that mix. Miami, um, you know, there's just what that kind of, of Do you
1: Don't you think Utah is a top two team in the Eastern Conference? It's just, well, I mean, I know they suffered the loss of Hayward, but boy, did they rebound well. I mean, no, we only I had a couple that. of minutes, but I'm just – again, that whole depth, I, even if – I'm not sure it goes so far down as six. I still I, – I feel like maybe you say – you know, four to eight, you know what I mean? Just the bottom of the playoff pack. I I would even move it up a little bit that it's that much stronger because really in the Eastern conference, it's the top four teams, maybe the top three. And after that, there's always been a precipitous drop off where the top six to seven teams oftentimes in the Western conference are fighting. If you want to say upper echelon, I I still think that the Celtics can compete for a championship next year with this talent. I mean, I just, I think they're being completely underrated, but, but, put that aside you know the next team really doesn't have a shot at the finals and and you could legitimately say that at the very minimum Houston and the Warriors obviously have a shot at, at beating the Celtics in the finals, and, and you might even give them odds on favorites, right? You know, just based on the way people are viewing it. But I think Utah could give the Celtics for a run. I mean, I think that team's pretty good. I think the only issue, they're just lacking enough of that veteran presence to really make it happen and execute it. But they're at least on the bubble more than, more than Toronto is, in my opinion, more than Philly is, in my opinion.
0: I'm not as much of a believer in Utah, and I maybe it's because the playoff they haven't had the playoff experience. Um, Maybe it's because that when the Celtics play Utah, they do pretty well because Horford is the perfect antidote to what Gobert does. I don't know. Look, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good. I think they're a solid, you know, fourth, fifth you know seed in the west they're better than i think they could be four next
1: team. year but they're not better they'll never get through the warriors or houston so right part of that is i'm just saying transplant them into the east and tell me do you think yeah. they can compete for the number one seed i well no i i don't think i mean i think there's a gap between boston and the next team
0: so i guess I they would I'd be so in that number
1: two Right? Uh, yeah,
0: they would be in that mix I think with Philly and with uh with Toronto. I think yep. they I think they'd end up fourth though. I mean, I, if you put Utah with Boston, Philly and uh and um for crying out loud, <laughs> Toronto. Milwaukee? I think oh, they'd
1: yeah. They'd
0: end up fourth out of those groups. I think they're better than Indiana. I think they're better than Milwaukee, but you know, I, I don't think there's that much gap. So when the, people say I guess what I'm saying is I when they say the West I think that there's just as, I don't want to say there's just as good a chance someone from the East wins the finals, but I think that there is, uh, it's closer than what people want to suggest. I just don't think we don't do this one through 16 thing. I think that's crazy. Uh, let's just keep it right the way it is. No, yeah, it only, uh, matter, you know, it only less,
1: matters who's going to the postseason. That's, that's, right. you know, and then who has a legitimate shot at winning the championship. And that's why I say it's that middle ground. How hard is the path to the finals, mm-hmm. et cetera? Totally. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's show. We're going to be back either next week or the week after. We're going to be showing off some Marcus Smart shoes. So definitely stay tuning in after summer league is over as we peru- as we cruise through the off season, there's going to be lots of this sort of talk and a lot of things that haven't been settled. Typically, we see this kind of all get wrapped up with a bow by the end of July. And then if you even think back to 2007, that summer, KG and the trade was a total surprise July 31st. That's only two weeks from now. And yet at the same time, there's still a lot of open-ended stories here that have to play out. So we're keeping an eye on all of that and keeping you posted on all the Celtics, all things Celtics in your off season. So the broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin and Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
0: I stuff fly.